ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And, Brett, we're going to talk to Michael Leff from the Arizona Daily Star, one of our favorite guests later in the show about baseball. Because, of course, as we record on June 30th, Arizona is still looking for a head coach and also maybe for a few more players because things have happened um, since Jay Johnson left. So, Brett, it's Arizona athletics. (laughs) There's always something. We we can't have a boring week, Adam. No. Um, You know, I mean, it beats like a year it's, ago this time comes, when there was absolutely nothing going on, if we're being honest with ourselves. Hey, we still find found a way to put out week after week of solid silver content, if not quite gold. Yes. But um, but now, you know, it never stops. It does. It never stops. Well, we'll, we'll start with some baseball news, you know, and that's, well, we know Jay Johnson left for LSU, and we talked, we talked last week about how you know, there's still a lot of good players in place, but it's like, but there's also, that assumes they stay. Well, we know that of the guys who have decided to enter the portal, Jacob Barry has entered the transfer portal, and the, the thought is he's going to follow Jay Johnson to LSU would not be much of a surprise. Um, I think Arizona has, what, upwards of 14 people in the transfer portal, some bigger names than others, and we'll talk to Michael Love about that in a little bit. But I guess it's not to be unexpected, right? Because when a coach gets fired, Unless they're Kevin someone going to Arizona, they don't get a new job usually right off the bat. So there's, where are these guys going to go? Either another program entirely, they're not going to follow their coach. Well, in this case, Jay Johnson left on his own to arguably a, a program at the same level as Arizona, if not maybe a slight step above. Like, if you could transfer and go there like that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and, I th- and I think it's very analogous to after Sean Miller got fired in basketball, where there's not necessarily a downside for these guys. Like there's a, I think there's a June 30 deadline or July, July 1st 1, deadline yeah. to put yourself in the portal. Um, and you can always, you know, as we've learned through both football and basketball, guys can come back after putting their name in the portal, mm-hmm. uh, right? There's, there's no real downside for them. And honestly, some of those guys that are draft eligible, that are good enough, they're, they're going to go you know, start collecting paychecks and probably probably go pro, assuming they get drafted in a reasonable slot level and get paid enough. Um, but they there's no there's no downside in terms of giving them more options. Um, but then, and if if I was in their position, you know, I don't know who my coach is going to be. Like, do I want to pin myself down to that? I, I think there's been some guys like Daniel Susak has come out and said, you know, I'm I'm here at Arizona and that that lends credibility to maybe some other guys on the roster that, you know, you see some 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 of the players on on the Twitter machine retweeting Daniel Susak and being like, yeah, we're we're, you know, excited to be, you know, be here and, and have like Daniel Susak coming back, but I don't personally fault any of the players that are exploring their options. Granted some of them like uh, Barry being a, you know, freshman all-American type, you like know, that hurts. the team in home runs. It it doesn't feel great. <laughs> um and i you know and but even even beyond that you know i think uh i think it was made official we're recording on june 30 i think it was made official yesterday the 29th or the 28th that that nate yeski is the pitching coach that was kind of a, a 
you know, a boon to hire away uh, to Jay Johnson's staff, you know, very well respected, you know, highly successful pitching coach is officially to go into Texas A&M. And not only does that mean he's not a pitching coach, he's not a head coach candidate mm-hmm. at Arizona. Um, so everything's, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, you'd think Arizona Wildcats uh, fans would be used to things being in flux and not knowing what they have and everybody in the transfer portal and who's going to be the coach. And yet it still gives me this, low-level sense of anxiety until it all gets resolved. I don't well, know yeah. about you. And I imagine a lot of Arizona baseball fans because, I mean, I guess a week ago we knew Jay Johnson was a candidate for LSU. I think it was on Thursday when it came out that he was taking the job. It was either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but as long as he was a guy, even in Omaha, you're like, okay, this program is in great shape. Whether they win or lose at the College World Series, look at all the talent that's coming back. And then Johnson, you're like, oh, that's that's not as good. And then some of these players. And I will say whether it's the credibility of a Daniel Susak coming back, I think it's just the sense of relief because for a little while it looked like Arizona might just be hemorrhaging some of their best players. You know, the guys who could keep this program elite no matter who takes over, you need players like that. And, like, all we were seeing was the news of guys going to the transfer portal, which, again, doesn't guarantee they're leaving, but that they might leave, that they're thinking of leaving. So when Susak tweets, you know, nowhere else I'd rather be, let's run it back. And then... All his teammates, or a lot of his teammates, are retweeting that. You know, Nick McLaughlin, you know, C at high C, high corporate field. You know, like more of these guys, you're like, okay. Like the bleeding has stopped a little bit. You know, it's not always lost here for Arizona baseball because while baseball is not the main sport people think of with Arizona, right? Like, you know, basketball, men's and women's, football, of course, softball. It's nice and a little comforting to know that baseball was going to be there. You know, they're kind of a security blanket in a lot of ways, similar to softball, like whether they're your favorite sport or not, the one you're most passionate about or not, you always look and say, well, they're going to be good. You know, maybe not World Series championship good, but they're going to be good. And that's why Jay Johnson gets poached by LSU, because they were good. You know, that's why some of the players that he had could leave because they're good. But now that a few of them have said, yeah, we're we're not going anywhere just because the coach left. I think, I mean, if you're an Arizona fan, and you're, I assume if you're listening to our show, you're an Arizona fan, that just gives me to go, <sighs> okay. Like, you can take a breath and then wait for the new coach to be hired. Yeah, and, you know, I think we even talked about it, and it was talked about during the, the postseason run, that Arizona had guys on the bench that they just couldn't find at-bats for because the starters were so good, right? So <laughs> there's – and a lot of those guys that didn't get a lot of uh, – you know, playing time this year, even if some of these guys do end up leaving, you know, they're probably less apt to transfer because they're more of an unknown quantity. And a lot of these guys, you know, any, a lot of the coaching candidates that are being bandied about, certainly if it's a a head coach somewhere else will also, you know, turn about as fair play um, where they may bring some guys from their existing program to Mm -hmm. Arizona. And we, you know, which that's a danger for entering the portal because if another coach comes in, like, I don't know if you can just jump out of the portal on your own or if the other coach or the school has to accept you back. You know, like maybe a roster spot disappears the second you enter the portal. Enter the portal. Well, and I think we've talked about it in the past, like college baseball is very strange in terms of scholarships. Like the mm-hmm. guys that are scholarship players, very the rare exception is they actually get a full ride. They're almost always at a 50% scholarship or lower kind of thing. And so then it's like, how do you how do you manage the roster and that and cost and in terms of scholarships, it gets very very complicated. I think uh, Jay Johnson when he came over, he was the one famous example where he offered a full ride scholarship was to a a young a young buck named uh, uh, Chris Bryant, 
and that was like the rare exception to go to, to or at least that, he was offered that when he was at USD. Um, you know, it's 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 college baseball roster management is even more wonky, I think, than either college basketball or or, or football, even with the the large rosters that are football. It's there's so many you know things to be considering and permutations to align around in terms of just getting guys eligible. And I think that's what the transfer portal really is about. To answer your question, I'm not sure if it is a guy that can just say, you know, I'm going to take my talents back to high C field. Yeah. Um, but, you know, especially with the roster shrinking too, after the post COVID roster crunch, like it's going to be whoever gets hired, they're going to have some things to figure out. Right. Because like you, it's not like with basketball, it's like Tommy Latest to re-recruit this roster because you only have, you know, a dozen guys on the team and you know who the stars are. Like you got to look at this roster and there's already some good players. Like not everyone's left. Like, keep that in mind. There's a lot of good players who are either have said they're coming back or who haven't indicated their plan on entering the portal, which until they do, you assume they're coming back. So there may not be a lot of roster spots to fill for whoever comes in, but whoever does come in is going to be taking over a pretty good roster to begin with. Like, it's not a bad starting point. Yeah, and honestly, even after the hire is made, if it's before the, the back to a 20-round MLB draft, some of your top guys, you'd be like, oh, we got a top guy. It's like there's no chance of that guy ever seeing the field for Arizona if he's going to be a first-round pick in the mm-hmm. upcoming draft, right? Um, it's 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 complicated, and we have all of these question marks and all these unknowns until we have a coach and start to those dominoes start to fall. We just have to get back in our uh, Arizona fandom uh, seat and embrace the uh, uncertainty and anxiety that goes along with it. Yes, but while you do that, like we do have a lot of questions and. We're going to have the guy on who is the one to answer them, Michael Love from the Arizona Daily Star. Let's talk to the Arizona baseball beat writer. He also covers football, but he covers baseball. He knows all about what's going on with that program after the break. And we're back here on Wildcat Radio 2.0, and as promised, we are joined by Michael Lev from the Arizona Daily Star, who, Mike, it's a busy time for you. We're going to talk to you about baseball today, and I guess lead it off here because the big question that I have for you is like, we, you probably expected to be in Omaha because the Arizona baseball team was that good. That wasn't a surprise. But here we are, the College World Series is about to end. We're recording on Wednesday. Did you expect at any point to be covering a coaching search for Arizona? Not really. Um, just because Jay Johnson had portrayed Arizona as his dream job. You know, I think he talked about having – Jerry Kindle's instructional video as a youth. Um, it, it felt like a destination for him. But as we learned recently, you know, maybe there was one higher notch that he wanted to go. And I, I don't know how many schools he would have left Arizona for. I'm thinking maybe two. LSU being one of them and Texas being the other. Um, and he's he is... Uh, a crazily competitive person. Um, he's a kind of a maniac on the recruiting trail. And I mean, I think what appealed to him about this um, LSU opportunity was the chance to compete on the very highest level, the very biggest stage, the biggest crowds, the toughest competition. That's, that's what appealed to him. And um, Arizona is definitely in the upper echelon of college baseball programs, but it's probably in the second tier, which is a huge tier. And the first tier might consist, like I said, of maybe two schools, you know, 
Um, there might be some others who who, who uh, would make that argument, but I don't think there are a lot of places that Jay would have left for besides LSU and, and maybe Texas. Well, and to follow up on that too then, like, was that a thought even going? Like, does it surprise you that LSU was on that list? Because a lot of people just said, okay, we know the money's there, the fan support's there, those that you can't get at Arizona. But program-wise, Arizona historically is pretty high up, upper echelon program. LSU isn't so much better where it just makes all the sense that, yep, you would absolutely take that job. Like, was there any indication that LSU was, I guess, a higher dream job for him than Arizona was before LSU came available and he was mentioned as a possible successor there? We didn't know that until he started, until he went there and and had that introductory press conference where he talked about um, his admiration for, you know, his predecessor, Coach Maneri, uh, Skip Bertman, who was there forever and kind of built LSU baseball into this juggernaut, huge, hugely successful program in the 90s. I think, like, in a vacuum, there's not that big a difference between the two of them. If you look at you know, college World Series appearances, college World Series championships. I think that the, the programs themselves are pretty close. I think it's sort of everything that surrounds it. Yeah. You know, it's the idea of playing in front of 10,000 fans per game. It's the idea of competing in the SEC, you know, the very best conference um, in America and seeing if you're up to that challenge. Um, I, I think he he really wanted to see if he could do this and, you know, kind he's a, he's a huge admirer of Nick Saban. Right. And I think in his mind, he feels like I can turn LSU baseball into my sports equivalent of Alabama football. And, you know, I don't know if he could have done that here. Yeah. Kind of, uh, you'd, you'd probably be uh, more knowledgeable than Adam or I, but I know there's some stuff that has come out in terms of, how it all kind of went down in terms of, you know, he may have interviewed before the, 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 the Wildcats went to Omaha, you know, how the athletic department kind of handled it. Sound the, you know, the, the, everything I've heard is that Arizona did absolutely everything they could to reasonably try to retain him. Is that, is that true? And it was just that it, you can't, you know, you can't take Arizona money to an sec fight. Is that, you know, what's your t- read on how it went down? Yeah. You know, these, um, situations are always awkward, right? I mean, very rarely is is everyone happy, you know, when a, when one a coach leaves one school for another, um, and there's always a an element of deceit that's involved. Um, I, I'm sure that Jay was not completely forthright with his players. Uh, you know, I've heard that he wasn't, but he's that's hardly unique, right? I mean, how many times have we heard these stories? Usually it's with football and basketball. You don't hear about it as much in baseball. Um, but it's sort of that thing where like, you're the coach of Arizona until the second you're not, you know? And he's gonna, you're just gonna do your job until it's official and you, you've signed the paperwork and, and that the plane is waiting for you on the tarmac. Um, did he handle the situation the best way he possibly could? I would say no. Um, I was kind of disappointed that he didn't, you know, put out a thank you Tucson, thank you U of A type of message. He did not 
reference Arizona by name during his mm -hmm. about t roughly 20 minute, you know, uh, spiel when he was introduced um, as the coach, only when he was asked about it by reporters, did he bring up Arizona? So, I mean, that was disappointing. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of players have hurt feelings, you know, because as much as we all want the players to commit to the school in reality, you're committing to a coach, right? I mean, that's kind of how it how it goes in, in, in every sport. You have that, you know, you're going to be with that person in theory for like the next four or five years of your life on almost a daily basis. So I get all that. Um, I do believe that Dave Hickey did everything he possibly could. He had a very close relationship with Jay. He values baseball uh, in a big way. He used to be on the selection committee. He was the chair of the selection committee for the baseball tournament. Two of his sons played college baseball. Dave Hickey himself played college baseball. So he is through and through a baseball guy. And so it was important to him to, to try to keep this thing going. Uh, like you said, there's a limit to how much money Arizona has compared to, you know, SEC school, fill in the blank. Um, Arizona pays very well for its baseball coaches too. And, you know, the, the kind of the upside of this is that Arizona is going to get $1.09 million from LSU, presumably, for the last two years of Jay's contract. Um, and that's a nice little starting point right there. Uh, as, as far as you know, figuring out the finances of how you're going to pay the next coach. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I actually talked about that last week. Brett brought that up because it's better than having to fire your coach and pay them to go away. And we can get into who maybe Arizona's looking at. I got one more question, though, on the departure. I noticed that, too, where he didn't seem to mention Arizona, really. None of those, like even Sean Miller, who got fired, had a thank you to Arizona tweet and all that. But I wonder if it would have maybe come across a little bit hollow. It's, thank you for Arizona. I appreciate everything. Now I'm going to take some of your best players. You know, like all of a sudden it seems like Jay Johnson goes and maybe that's to be expected because you said, Michael, that they commit to a coach, not necessarily a school. But, you know, I imagine for a lot of Arizona fans that was like, OK, Jay, we appreciate what you did. Like you got to Omaha twice. Like this was a great season. You did not. You did right by Arizona. Leaving is always messy. No one's going to be happy with you going. But then you got to take some of the you know, Jacob Berry, for instance, enters the portal. And there's a lot of talk that maybe he's going to go to LSU. I know there was one of the commitments who was on track to come in this next season, decided to decommit and go to LSU. I mean, that's natural, but it's also like, what's the vibe, the feeling on how that's worked out just with Jay Johnson leaving and then Jay Johnson taking from Arizona as well. Well, when he came here, there were some guys who were going to follow him or were gonna, who were committed to him at Nevada who ended up coming here instead. Um, and Preston Price incoming freshman at the time turned out to be a really good reliever here. It's not on the same level as Jacob Berry team leader in home runs and RBIs pack 12 leader in RBIs and extra base hits. But you know, it's kind of like all's fair in love and war, right? Yeah. Like nobody complained when Jay Johnson came here and was able to get a bunch of guys to come with him. You know, there's always going to be a handful who follow the coach. And it's not even, it's not official. Right. That Jacob Berry is going to do that. And my guess is that he probably will. Um, you know, there's kind of like this group of core guys who I feel like are really important if you want to be good next year. Jacob was in that group. Daniel Susak, uh, TJ Nichols, um, 
Chase Davis, Chandler Murphy, Dawson Nets, and Riley Cooper. Those would be the guys I'd probably identify as kind of like, this is the core. A lot of those guys are pitchers. Some of those guys are potential first-round picks. Like, if you can retain all of those guys, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, they're not all going to go follow Jay Johnson to LSU. I mean, there's only so many roster spots available. It's not like he's taking over a, a program that's finished last in the SEC and has a bunch of um, openings um, on its team. But there probably will be a handful of guys who, from the current team and a handful of recruits as well who follow him there. And it's just kind of how it goes. I'm sure that whoever the next coach is is going to bring some of his guys to Arizona just the same. One. To, to that end, Michael, like I think there was reported that 14 members of the current roster are in the transfer portal. Um, you know, some of them will surely maybe you know go along with Jay Johnson or go to find other other programs to go to. Uh, but how how analogous is this in your mind to even with the you know to the basketball program where guys put their name in the portal and there may you know, maybe an ability to recruit them back depending on who that next hire is and and sub question kind of leading into like the coaching search do you have a sense of where that's headed and do you think that the right coach will be able to pull a significant amount of those guys back to Arizona and out of the portal it depends on who it is and and also each individual situation um look if if I had any doubt if I were a player and I had any doubt about coming back to Arizona I'd put my I'd go in the portal I would go in the portal right now we're recording this on June 30th and you've got till July 1st to put your name in there to make sure that you're eligible next year. I th- I'm sure that there are waivers and different things you can do. Um, but you'd almost be foolish not to, honestly, unless you're certain that you just wanted to remain at Arizona, which seems to be the case with Daniel Susak, TJ Nichols, uh, Nick McClary, Gil Luna, and Randy Abshire. Those are the five guys as of now who have publicly come out and said that, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to stay, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's definitely possible that some of these guys are just want to keep every option open that they can, that they possibly have. And that's why they've put themselves in the portal and they have no intention really of leaving, or they want to find out who the coach is. You know, someone like Brandon Bossier, I think he's going to get drafted anyway and go pro. So it's not even like, it's not even that relevant, you know, and most of the guys who are known to, you know, be in the portal as of now, none of them are those core guys that I identified before, except for Jacob Berry. So, and I would also add that whoever the next coach is, you know, recruiting is going to be a very big part of the job here. So I would hope that that person is able to almost immediately go in and have those conversations and bring back the guys that he would want to bring back. It's, it's tricky because, you know, it takes time to figure out, you know, are these guys any good? Do I want these, you know, do I want these guys around? Like most of the guys on here don't really have big, long track records in college. Uh, Quinn Flanagan is one who does. You know, I think uh, Blake Paw at this point, I think we know what he is. Um, a lot of the other guys, they are part-time players or they haven't played very much. So, um you know, I don't think this is all going to be resolved quickly. I also, one more thing on this is there are like 2,000 players in the portal. So as far as like rebuilding the roster, it's a lot easier to do that now than it's ever been. So in terms of 
in terms of the guys that are on the roster and ability to evaluate that right now, and as you mentioned, recruiting is going to be a core thing here. Are, are there candidates in your mind for the position that would be the guys that can come in and pretty seamlessly succeed at Arizona and build off of what Jay Johnson has, has, has succeeded in the last several years? Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the move that makes the most sense is to hire a sitting Division One head coach from the West Coast, you know, and the name that like rose to the top of everyone's list right off the bat was Andrew Checkets from UC Santa Barbara. Um, he's built up that program in a major way, taking them all the way to Omaha. Uh, they were in Tucson Regional this last year. Love the way they play. Um, a lot of small ball, a lot of emphasis on pitching, um, kind of like how Jay Johnson started out here. But Jay Johnson, he's he's an offensive coordinator, you know, like he's all about hitting. That's that's his forte. Um, you know, so bringing in someone who's more of a pitching guy it could be an interesting way to go. Um, I think that would be a pretty seamless transition if you can get him out of UC Santa Barbara. And he doesn't it doesn't seem like over the last several years that he's been super inclined to leave that place. You know, maybe losing to Arizona in the NCAA tournament in 2016 and in 2021 has changed his mind. You know, like the I can't beat him, join him kind of thing. Um, I would say that uh, Brian Green, who is the head coach at Washington State, would also be pretty seamless. He was at New Mexico State for several years, built that program up, recruited Tucson very well. Nick Gonzalez, you know, who's... Uh, from Tucson, first round pick uh, of the Pittsburgh Pirates, he somehow got away from Arizona, and Brian Green saw something in him that you know maybe no one else saw. Uh, turned out to be a you know MLB uh, high MLB draft pick. Um, another guy's close with Jay, one of Jay's good friends in coaching, who's like a really good offensive coach. You know those teams, his teams always hit. Um, few other names that make sense: Eric Valenzuela. He's the He's the coach at Long Beach State. Before that, he was at St. Mary's. Um, highly successful, great track record so far. He was actually on the same staff with Jay Johnson at the University of San Diego. Um, they both were like hardcore recruiters for the Toreros. So if you're looking for someone who has kind of like similar DNA to Jay, you know, Valenzuela uh, might be a guy. And there are several other candidates as well, but those are kind of Three guys who who fit those those two criteria of sitting head coach and, and also on the West Coast. And we're joined by Michael Love of the Arizona Daily Star here on Wildcat Radio 2.0, talking Wildcats baseball, which, of course, there's a lot going on there. You mentioned a lot of coaches, and I think Brett and I, we we don't know college baseball as well. And unlike other sports, like, okay, the baseball coaches, they're good, they're good. You know, but there's also I've seen some names. You had a piece, too, for the Daily Star mentioned Chip Hale. I've seen Shelly Duncan's name out there. And I know there's a always a segment of the fan base that just wants an alumni no matter what. doesn't matter who it is. And Dave Hickey and the administration didn't get an alumni for football. They didn't get one for basketball. Is there any sense that maybe they'll look and say, well, we can make a case for Chip Hale or we can make a case for Shelly Duncan or one of these people that Arizona fans will attach themselves to. And it's not going to be such a dramatic drop from maybe a check or one of these guys and say, okay, they'll go with the alumni there. The alumni you know, question or issue is it's always, it's a tricky one, you know, and Chip Hales, maybe if it's not Terry Francona, he's probably the greatest Arizona baseball player 
of all time. If you look at a lot of like the all all time rankings and statistics, he was a major league manager um, with the with the Diamondbacks. He managed the the Tucson Sidewinders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he lives here in the off season, so a lot of that makes sense. He's a little bit on the older side. He's fifty six, never coached in college. You know, so, you know, your first hire would have to be like the recruiting guy, you know, the, the guy, someone who is a, a hardcore recruiter who's done it year in, year out, has all those connections on the West Coast. It would be interesting to be sure. I mean, I think he's he's definitely qualified. You know, it's not one of those where just because he's an alum, let's throw him on the list. Like he has a good enough resume. Shelly Duncan has an interesting resume. He has minor league managerial experience. He's in this role now where he's um, like the analytics coordinator for the White Sox. And he's like in the dugout. um, And, but he's also involved in, you know, that the number side um, of, of MLB. And he would want this job for sure. If he had the opportunity, Um, another guy, he's from Tucson star player here. MLB player. I think that kids would know who he is, you know, on the younger side. Um, again, no college coaching experience. So you, you'd have to build a staff quickly of people who do have that experience. But I think either one of those would be really interesting. And I think either one of them could work. Um, and, you know, based on recent big hires at Arizona, I wouldn't rule it out because, they have not followed a traditional path, certainly, with both the football and, and men's basketball hires, at least. But does it seem like Arizona baseball, as we come close to wrapping this up, because we know you're a busy guy, Michael, but like football was football, right? 12-game losing streak, programs near the bottom of the conference, if not all of you know the Power Five. Basketball, men's basketball, has the FBI investigations, possible sanctions. It's a great program other than that. Baseball shouldn't have to take that chance, right? Like baseball is a an elite program that was just in Omaha that now got more money from the Jay Johnson buyout, we assume. Like they shouldn't like tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like they shouldn't have to take a chance on a coach that's gonna have to prove themselves at this level. They, Arizona should be able to go out and get a proven coach like a check, it's like someone who's done it at this level successfully, right? Is that fair? I agree one hundred percent. Yes. Um Arizona is a top shelf college baseball program. It is one of the best, if not the best programs on the West Coast, certainly in terms of attendance, right? I think they have the largest average attendance of anyone like West of Texas. Um, Great community support, brand new hitting facility, natural recruiting base with Phoenix and Southern California, easy to get here from either one of those places, right? Um, Yeah, I, I don't think... I think there are more like more good candidates would want this job, you know, than than maybe either of the other sports we mentioned, even basketball. Right. Mm -hmm. Basketball has got obviously an amazing tradition over the last 30 years or whatever it is. But they've also got the scandal, you know, the NCAA penalties hanging over that program. That is not the case um, with baseball. And you've got a pretty good nucleus of guys who already have said that they're going to come back. I mean, Daniel Susak, I think, is going to be a first-round pick. And if TJ Nichols is as good as Jay Johnson thought, then he's probably going to be a first-round pick, too. Um, so, 
you know, all starts right there. You got a pitcher and you got a catcher. So, you know, let's, let's put a team around them. Yeah. I think, I think to that point, the, to me, the outside, the outside looking in kind of guy that knows a bit about college baseball, but not enough. It seems like check is the, the obvious transition. Um, but boy, it's maybe hard to get a guy to leave UC Santa Barbara because UC Santa Barbara kind of recruits itself. It is on the beach, literally <laughs> in Santa Barbara. I wouldn't want to leave. Cost of living, though, right? I mean, <laughs> compared to Tucson, you can yeah, live like a king here for on five hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, I, also, I, a, I mean, the studio in Santa Barbara for five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> right. a year. Right. I mean, you see, Santa Barbara's got a little bit of that kind of Boise State feel to it, you know, where there's lot there's less pressure. You still can win big. You can still make the postseason. I did, you know, it depends on what he wants. And I frankly have no idea what Andrew Checkett wants, but he was always the guy who felt like the most logical candidate for a variety of reasons. Well, depending on when you listen to this show, maybe they will have hired him already or maybe they went out of direction. So we are recording on June 30th and coaching searches, as we all know, can change at the drop of a hat, which is why, Michael Love, we appreciate your time so much here on Wildcat Radio 2.0 because we know you're a busy guy. Is there anything you want to plug for people to find on the Arizona Daily Star, anything that you have coming down the pike anytime soon? Um, well, nothing in, nothing is planned right now. It's been kind of hard to plan because it's sort of like the new baseball coach could be hired uh, at, at any moment. So which of the six skeletons are we going to get to see, right? <laughs> is that how this works? <laughs> right. Um, but I will say that we're not that far from football season getting going here. We're less than a month from uh, Pac-12 Media Day. Do have a vacation planned for mid-July, but pretty much when I get back, it's it's we're going to be gearing up for that. And it's going to be fun, I think, and exciting and interesting to have the first you know training camp under Jed Fish. I think it's going to be wide open for the media like spring practice was. We've got a new quarterback, Jordan McLeod, joining the mix. Batch of new batch of freshmen, some new guys from the transfer portal. So, you know, once we get this baseball business cleared out of the way, we're, we're going to turn our attention to football, and, and that'll be a lot of fun. Sounds good. Well, Hopefully, Mike, oh, go ahead, Brett. I was going to say, Mike, thanks for joining us. And now, now we all know when they will announce the coaching hire. It'll be during your vacation. Now that you've put that out into <laughs> in like two it weeks, better, it better <laughs> happen before the vacation. <laughs> They've got till July eighth to get this done. So, come on, that's right. that's plenty of time. Let's do this. Well, if Dave Hickey hears this podcast, and I'm sure he does listen, then hopefully he heeds your request there. It's not so much a demand, it sounds like. It's a request, and I think it's a reasonable one, too. Nothing wrong with that. Michael Lev, Arizona Daily Star. You can follow him at Michael J. Lev on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to catch up with you down the road sometime soon. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Michael Lev, and we come back. Arizona sports, it never stops. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0, and... As mentioned before the break, Brett, like, and I see, I feel like I say it every week, and it sounds generic, but it's also very true. Like Arizona athletics, Arizona sports, there's always, it seems like there's always something, whether it's positive, negative. It's been mostly positive lately. Things have been good, other than like the Jay Johnson stuff. Um, we mentioned some of the guys who have put their names in the portal. Not everyone has entered the portal. Some have come back from the portal. You know, there were some Arizona awards that they got, which seems a little bit, you know, Jacob Berry, formerly now of Arizona, I guess. He was named to the NCBWA first-team All-American, while uh, relief pitcher Vince Vanella and catcher Daniel Susak, who is coming back, 
where also, you know, Susak was on the third team. Vanell made the second team. Not surprising. Arizona baseball was really good last season, this past season, <laughs> so that they'd have some guys who make some of the All-American teams. Like, I, I guess if they were all coming back or nothing had changed with the coaching, you'd be like, all right, this is amazing. It is a little bit muted. You're like, oh, well, one of the guys, the freshman, he's leaving. So, like, what difference does that make? But still, like, it was a good season, a really good season. <laughs> Yeah, but like even Barry being in the transfer portal, he's he's not gone until he's gone. But let's be honest, he's probably gone. He's gone. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, so it's it's uh it's part of the, the 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 challenges of success when you like like we talked about having your coaches hired away, it means there's going to be, you know, talent that's going to probably leave with it when that happens, but that's a much better situation. Um and some of that success means players are going to be coveted because they're good <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, some other news here speaking of being coveted jason terry who decided to stick around on tommy lloyd's staff there are reports that he is a candidate to join the mavericks new coaching staff led by jason kidd of course they were teammates with dallas when they won the nba championship i want to say a few years back but everything was like 10 years ago probably because that's just how time works um you know when they got jason terry on sean miller's staff that seemed like a really good get you know, getting Jed, who is one of those popular players in Arizona basketball history, who had been pretty outspoken about Sean Miller before then. And, you know, I don't know how much of a recruiter he is, how much of a coach he is, but it always felt good to have Jason Terry on the staff. When he decided to come back and stick around for Tommy Lloyd, that felt good. If he was to leave, I I mean, I would feel bad, but I don't think it would necessarily be the end of the world either. Well, I think that position could be filled very quickly. Um <laughs> And effectively, I, I think it's great to have Jason Terry on the roster or on the coaching staff on the bench, especially as a recruiter for the Seattle area. Um, but, you know, similarly, I don't know if you're going to get to this, Adam, but like there's already reports of Jason Gardner uh, c- coming back to rejoining the program with, in a capacity, not as a coach, but with. Yeah, well, in a capacity can become a coach really quickly. Uh, he had pretty good success at IUPUI as the, the head coach before. I think he had some some DUI. IUPUI DUI issues uh, that led to his, uh, that is N O T okay. You know, but like Jason Gardner is, you know, a, a, a people that love the alumni, it's kind of similar to Jason Terry, a guy that has, has expressed and had some success in coaching. Um, it's coming back to the program in some capacity. It feels like that might be something that could, he could slide right in there or, it opens the opportunity for, uh, you know, Coach Tommy Lloyd to have, you know, a spot where he wants on his bench for one of his guys. And that's what I would think knows. should happen. You know, they kept Jack Murphy around, which is great. Murph is awesome as the associate head coach. And, yeah, Jason Terry, it was a great get to keep him. But I'm thinking if he does leave and he hasn't left yet, and we're again, recording on June 3rd, we keep saying that because the news cycle, it could change before you even listen to this. But if he was to leave, then I would think Tommy Lloyd should try to fill that his staff with one of his guys. Now, it's a little bit late in the process, too, you know, being that it's almost July. And I guess while you're listening, it probably is July. But, you know, if there's a coach who wants to join his staff, they'll find a way to do it. But it's not like there's just a lot of guys floating around looking for work right now. Not the guys that you'd say, ooh, if Arizona could land them. You know, like Tommy Lloyd probably had his first group of coaches that he wanted to hire when he, when he got the job. He brought in who he could. And then it's like, are there? was there a second round? There's like, oh, well, I would have hired you if I had room. Now I have room, so I'll bring you on board, maybe. But that's something where I would think if Jason Terry does leave, I would expect Tommy Lloyd to hire one of his guys. Yeah, I mean, 
you know who who is out there that's a great recruiter, a great basketball mind that's available? Sean Miller. <laughs> Bring him back as an assistant. <laughs> That'd be so ridiculous. Like, not going to happen, <laughs> but it would be ridiculous if that but i was saying like whatever the job opens like if it does it's like what type of coach is he looking for he's looking for like a coach coach a recruiter coach like it would allow it like, it'd be interesting to see what direction tommy lloyd goes you know especially with recruiting as he's been bringing some guys on campus still trying to we talked about last week they can get him on campus because it's arizona basketball can tommy lloyd close to get these guys to commit to arizona basketball um uh, women's basketball they missed out on a transfer over the weekend uh, and Dia Rogers committed to Oregon over Arizona. She was from USC. Would have been a great get as a guard. You know, it's disappointing. Like, we're not used to seeing Adia Barnes in that program missing out on players they want, it seems like. But at the same time, Shayna Pellington was named the Canadian Canadian Olympic squad, who she's likely the one to take over for Ari McDonald. And, like, it's not a case of the rich getting richer. But when the rich is Arizona, we'd like to see them get richer. Yeah. I know. I agree. And I, I can't remember. It's There's been so many things in the past week or two with Arizona in, in the kind of the news and notes section. They Didn't they lose a assistant coach that they just hired back that then is gone before they were, you know, in the door, out the door? I don't know if that coach was one of the lead recruiters on 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 this player. But, you know, I think there's still probably work to be done in their roster to fill it out. But there's a lot of, you know, you talk about Pennington. I think she's going to be probably somebody that plays a, a major role. There's still plenty of talent going to be there for Dean Barnes and the, and the Lady Wildcats. Absolutely. And women's golf coach, Laura Ionello, she got a contract extension. So coach is staying. That's some good news. Hey. <laughs> like she led the Cats to their third straight NCAA semifinal appearance. Of course, they won the championship a few years ago. You know, that's that's good. Like it's It does seem like, and you mentioned, like Michael Love mentioned it too, like Arizona did do what they could to keep Jay Johnson. Like the coaches that they've lost, even like Tony Amato, the soccer coach, at some point, there's nothing you could do to keep them. Like, the SEC money is just – it's too great. Like, you can't help that. But they do what they can to keep their good coaches around. You know, it is what you have to do. Like, they got Adia Barnes, right? She got, like, a second contract extension within a month and a half after what she did. Like, if you have good coaches, do all you can. At some point, you probably can't do anything more. But make sure you reach that point. You know, you don't want to lose a good coach because you – didn't show them enough love or do what should be expected when you have a coach of that caliber. Well, and if, if you keep having people hire away your coaches and writing you a check to do so, it sure makes it easier to, to fight the next battle with a few extra million dollars in your back pocket. I'm not sure the soccer coach has a buyout that moves the needle particularly, but you know, Jay Johnson, I think it's something like, I think Lev mentioned, I think it's like a million dollar, maybe buyout. Like that's yeah. real money in a money strapped, uh, athletic department. Um, that that makes that makes life a lot easier in some of these other sports, and hopefully Adia Barnes coming back, and she, she, I mean, she's taking some of that money, I think, with her, how many? She got like what three raises in about three years, and what a two way to in do the it. last like three months. Like that's boss <laughs> um, type stuff, right there. <laughs> but she earned it, absolutely. Like oh, those yeah. are raises that you don't give her because she's asking for it; you give it to her because you know it's the right thing to do. You know that goes a long way. Like yes, oh, yeah. when they're like you just say, you know what? We know we just worked out an extension with you. But we're going to tear that one up and give you a better one. You know, you be preemptive when you have coaches like that. You have to. Well, and I think Adia Barnes is going to have probably record-setting average attendance at Arizona women's basketball games next year for the foreseeable future. And that's basically paying for her own raise. And I'm sure her agent was, like, <laughs> doing the math on that. Like, you know, 
X thousand people times X dollars per ticket, you know, pay the lady her money. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, other things like Damon Stoudemire, who was rumored to be a candidate for the Arizona men's basketball job that went to Tommy Lloyd, is now uh, being rumored to go to the Boston Celtics as an assistant. That would be, I imagine if he had gotten the Arizona job, he wouldn't be listening to Boston. But it certainly would be interesting if a guy who wanted the Arizona job a couple of months ago, or a few months ago now, again, time, it's just, it has no meaning anymore. But who then leaves a job he does have now for Boston, although I think it would make sense for him to take that job. He's in a bit of a tough spot right now to just win and getting to an NBA job, having been a head coach at college, then getting into the NBA, like that could prepare him for a bigger college job when the right one opens up. I mean, if I were a basketball coach, I'd probably, from just sheer effort and lifestyle, I'd rather be an NBA assistant than a small school head coach. Yeah, uh, Pacific is not a place hour. to build your resume with. Like, I mean, if he could turn Pacific into a winner, that would show that he's a hell of a coach. But that's a really yeah, tough know, job. Well, you know what that takes, though, Adam? It shows that you need to not just be a good basketball coach. you got to put in hours in recruiting. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a grind that, you know, it's a different grind in the NBA where you're traveling a lot. But, you know. Yeah, get some Marriott status real quick, <laughs> and not and not having the stress of dealing with the uh, um, recruiting, you know, year in year out. Absolutely. Uh, I guess really quick recruiting Arizona is interested. Marquette transfer Dawson Garcia. We'll see. You know, again, they've been bringing guys on campus. Colin Chandler, Kylan Boswell. They've offered, you know, players who they've gotten a good look at. Especially now that uh, tournaments and stuff are opening up again. Some of the showcases we get to see a lot more players that Arizona reaches out, and it'll be interesting to see the type of guys that. Uh, Tommy Lloyd and this staff go after because it's not going to be the Sean Miller offense. You know, not going to be the Sean Miller defense. It's going to be a completely different style of basketball. Now, grand, great basketball players are great basketball players. They can fit in any system. But I'm curious to see exactly where Tommy Lloyd goes. And again, just because they offer a guy doesn't mean they're going to get him. So what matters is who they can co- get to commit to Arizona. But we'll start to see what type of players Tommy Lloyd wants. Like, we all have an idea. But we'll start to see exactly what he wants by the t- players they're going after and especially with the ones they land. But Brett, is, I think that's about it. Is there anything else that we need to talk about, or does that do it for this week's show? No, I think that about does it. There's been more, uh, you know, conversation in the in, in cool videos coming out as it relates to football recruiting. That I think we'll probably have, hopefully, have some news in the next in the next week or two that we can wasn't talk it. About. Uh, Noah Fafita's mom sent out a video of like their trip, the Juice County recruiting behind the scenes, which. I mean, it's cool to take a video as the mom of a player, but I think you're supposed to just buy airline tickets for potential recruits to come join was, your son at the school. I think that's how was gonna, are supposed to do it, right? Allegedly, I was going anyway. to say, it's, it's, re- it's really cool to have the mother of a quarterback um, be proactive in trying to help uh, recruit kids to come to the school where her son is playing in a, in a, in a legal way <laughs> and not in an illegal way. Right, not in a way that aligns you in probation and everything. <laughs> Oh, that, that, of course, we're referencing the ASU story, which just keeps getting better and better. The slow drip of news. Like at some point you wonder how much people will care. But also from what it sounds like, again, what's in the dossier, what can be proven, all that. It doesn't look good for ASU. And it, I mean, it looks the most recent stuff is just weird. Like, it's really weird. And I mean, I, is is J.D. is Jaden Daniels mom still holding to the fact that the, the claim that her credit cards were hacked or has that kind of been watched? Yeah, that was, I think, was that the Yahoo report? Like her, she said her credit cards were hacked, but they were hacked and then used to buy tickets, flight tickets, you know, airline tickets for recruits to come visit ASU. 
Like, I don't know if I'm not a hacker and I don't steal people's credit cards or steal people's anything. But I imagine if I was stealing some random person's credit card, I wouldn't use it to then buy airline tickets for players to come visit her kid's school. Like, that just... Well, it seems if, far-fetched, if they, her defense, that's all. If they, if they were hacked by somebody within the ASU football program, that opens up a whole level of credit card right, fraud. Right, which, again, like... Not just say NCAA problem. It's, it's all alleged stuff. Like, we're not, invest- we're not investigating or anything like that. But that's the weird part of this, right? Like, we can understand, that, oh, they're bringing people on campus during the COVID time, you know, during the dead period. We can understand that. Like, by they're so brazen about it, whatever. That's their business. But that makes sense. Some of the story, and we'll find out in time what ends up being proven, what's true, what's not. But some of it just sounds strange. Like, what Like what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> like, that's where that's what the direction it's going, which, like, this is so much more fun when it's not Arizona. Like, <laughs> to be yeah. honest, like, I enjoy this. All. I mean, I'm not, like, basking in the glow of ASU possibly being in trouble, but I'm enjoying their, this story a lot more than I did the one, say, about four years ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, uh, it's 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 a lot more fun being emotionally detached from it and watching the the stages of grief among their fan base who had very uh, thoughtful, reasoned, and uh, you know balanced takes when it came to Sean Miller in Arizona. <laughs> <sighs> we'll see where that goes. Of course, ASU football. I don't imagine anyone listening to this show is going to be too upset if they get dragged through the mud and hammered over all this. And we'll see what this ends up being. Um, another quick note, DeAndre Ayton and the Suns, they're going to be playing again tonight. We're recording on Wednesday the 30th in game six against the LA Clippers. So by the time you listen, either he has helped lead the Suns to the Western Conference Finals or they got a game seven. But he's had a monster playoff run, and it's been so much fun to watch, you know, with DeAndre Ayton just doing what he's done, kind of being the player that Arizona fans felt he could be when he was drafted number one overall, but hasn't quite been yet. Like, he's he's shown that, yeah, he he can be a star. Like, he's going to be a stud in the NBA for a long time to come. Yeah, all the all the Aiton haters are a, a lot quieter these days. And Good. I think with that, I think with that, Adam, you know, we're recording on June 30th. It's about time for us to go watch DeAndre Aiton, so I think we better wrap this thing up. Yeah, let, let's wrap this up. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Lev from the Arizona Daily Star for joining us. We always love having his insight, whether it's baseball, football, or really anything he has to share because that guy knows what he's talking about, does a great job. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Michael J. Lev. And also read his stuff. He's one of the best writers we have covering Arizona athletics. Um, make sure you're also following us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ, especially during games and whatever's going on. There's always content coming from there. You know, of course, you can find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, all those places you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Feel free to rate us and give us a, a review. We'd appreciate that. Of course, if you have any questions you want us to talk about the next show, at Wildcat Radio AZ, that's the Twitter. So thank you for listening. And until next week, remember to bear down. Bear down. <laughs>